I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town Podcast. In episode 115 of the Food About Town Podcast, Paul Guglielmo from Guglielmo Sauce, he's also the producer on the Brother We Show, and currently the tag team champion at IWF Wrestling in Brockport, came over to the studio to talk about sauce, talk about radio, and also wrestling. It was a great time. I love talking with Paul, hanging out with him. Uh, we went on a whole bunch of different tangents, but when you got someone like someone as polished as Paul in the studio, we we just bounced around and had an absolute great time. I hope you enjoy it as well. If you did, please go grab a jar of Guglielmo sauce out at your favorite grocery store. You can find the grocery stores it's in on Frankly. You just search for Guglielmo on there. And you know what? Support Paul, listen to his radio show, and you can also listen to me taking over the Wham 1180 Food and Wine Show this Saturday, September 8th, when Paul's out of town, but I'll be handling his show for him. So tune in on Saturday on Wham to listen to me take over the Food and Wine Show and put a little Food About Town twist on it. So thanks again for Paul coming over, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Oh, and before... We start this week's episode. Please go to the city newspaper, RochesterCityNewspaper.com, to vote for Food About Town for Best Podcast in the 2018 Best of Preliminary Poll to get us on the ballot. Uh, We'd just love to get on the ballot again for a third year in a row. So go to RochesterCityNewspaper.com and vote for Food About Town. beautiful day in Rochester is winding down and I've got a guest across from me with more experience than I care to talk about. This is usually my favorite part of the podcast is when you give the weather update. Well, I think the weather update's important, Paul. <laughs> That's my favorite and the, part. The weather's on, what is that? The weather is on the eights? Yeah. What do, you, what do you guys do? Is it weather Weather on the nines? Weather on the tens here on the Weather on the tens. Yeah. <laughs> weather on the tens here on the Brother Wee Show. Dude, no, wait, wait. But you always give the weather, but you usually tape your episodes like, don't you do days or even weeks sometimes? Also, by the way. Yeah. Mic technique. What am I doing? Oh, sorry. Up on, man. Up on. Oh, my bit. Pull the mic to your face. Is this better? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. So why don't you introduce yourself? Hi. My name is Brother Weez. <laughs> Brother Weez from, from the sunny state of Florida? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, Paul, Paul Guglielmo. It's good to be here. Hi, 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 Paul. It's Dude, I'm a fan of the podcast. I've been on the podcast before. You have. You've come a long way. You've won some awards. Yeah, they're on the wall. That's nice. I see that they're on the, war, uh, on the wall. And we're, we're, we're edging towards the 
vet the best of voting for 2018 right now. That's right. That's right. So okay. that's that's in the midst as we speak. Is it nomination time right now? Yeah, it's nomination time. Okay. So you know, I'm not pushing too hard. If it happens, it happens. I'm not too worried about it. I this think it'll ha- at this point, I'm looking at the 2016 and the 2017 award on yeah, your yeah. walls. I think at this point, you're you're the defending champ. <laughs> well, speaking of defending champs, <laughs> yeah, oh, we're we're, we're going to talk about sorry your extensive wrestling experience okay, yeah. later on in the podcast. You got it. So what we're going to start with, though, is when you walked into the studio today, Yes. one, you were, you were like, oh, hey, this is a studio. Yeah. Second. It, it's beautiful, by the way. I appreciate that. Yeah. Second, you looked at the liquor cabinet, mm-hmm. and you angled your way directly to the most expensive bottle I have in the cabinet, <laughs> yeah, right. and you're like, I need that in my face immediately. <laughs> yes. If somebody's going to give me some liquor and say you can have anything, <laughs> I, I just go, where's the expensive stuff? <laughs> ooh, that, that one. Ooh, that one looks expensive. <laughs> That's right. So today, so apparently you don't drink straight whiskey very often. No, I'm pretty much a pussy when it comes to, I'm, I'm a whiskey and ginger ale. That's yeah, I, I, I saw that. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about our recent experiences. Okay, but today we are sampling uh, something I've had on the podcast before, but one of my favorites, which is the Whistlepig Rye from Vermont. So it is a ten year age, hundred um, percent rye, hundred proof, hundred proof whiskey. Oh dear God! Okay, so Wait, typical whiskeys that you know, generic whiskeys are in the mid eighties. Okay. You know the your call whiskeys, your Jack Daniels and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. This don't taste very good. Yeah. Um, this, on the other hand, should I go for it? No, let's let's you go for the nose first, okay, right? Nose. So one, we're using proper glassware. These are uh, nice little Cairn glasses mm-hmm. from uh, our buddies over at Apple Country Spirits. Love it. Good people over there. Okay. So your aroma is nice and rich. There's a lot of stuff going on there. You know, a lot of vanilla, some spice. God, I wish I could get to the point where I could smell all that. All I smell is whiskey. It's definitely whiskey, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so little sips of time. This one's going to have okay. a little bit of fire to it because okay. it's 100 proof. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So you can you get the fire. It, it definitely yeah. it warms yourself as it goes down because 100 proof is yeah. you know, not amateur hour. Um and because it's a rye, it's got a fair amount of spice to it. Okay. But what it does have is a lot of, you get all those rounded flavors. Mm-hmm. The cheaper whiskeys, they, they're kind of hollow. They're kind of thin. All they're giving you is harshness. This has got all those rounded, bigger flavors. This is good. I, I actually enjoy this. Um, I mean, sometimes when you drink liquor, just, to me, it just tastes like poison sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely is poison. Let's not, <laughs> let's not fool ourselves. <laughs> it is that. This has really good flavor to it, though. I get that. I, I get this flavor. I enjoy having you walk me through this. This yeah. is great. Can you well, follow me to every bar I ever go to? <laughs> I'll be a better drinker with you. Well, I think this, this is the part where if somebody hasn't gone through it, and like I didn't start drinking until I was 30, mm-hmm. but I always took an analytical approach to it. When you try to taste something, and I take this to food, too is, hey, what, what are we tasting? Why are we tasting? And then try it again, try it again, and try to pick up those flavors. I take it with wine, too. I don't know if you've gotten into wine much at all. I'm not. I, wine's never really been my thing. Wine is sort of only if that's the only option. Okay. If I'm on a wine tour, I drink some wine. I had a really bad experience on wine one time, though. Uh, see, you know what? Th- those kind of things, <laughs> I, I know people have those experiences, but you're losing out so much. Like the people that don't drink tequila. Yeah, I mean, tequila and mezcal are so good. But my experience on wine, can I tell it to you real quick? Of course you can. Chris, it was 
bad. I can't believe my wife married me. <laughs> I took her for a wine tour for her twenty, maybe fourth birthday or something like that. This maybe four or five years ago. Okay. And uh, and at the end of the wine tour, we were staying at the Del Monte. Night at the Del Monte. Oh, nice. So we're, you're classing it up. Yeah, we we're classing it up. The next morning, we were going to get massages and everything. And so we go on this wine tour, and the very first, and it starts at like noon or something. And the very first, a noon wine tour. One. If you're going from noon to close, mm-hmm. that's a lot of places. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. So basically, <laughs> what happened was first place we go to, they had like a little a lunch. I think it was three brothers. They've got like a little barbecue or they something do, in the back. Yeah. And I said to my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend, and I was like, "Let me get some food." And she was like, "No, we don't need food right now." This was the biggest mistake ever made in oh, the yeah. history because there was no other place that had anything other than just like peanuts or something on the on the uh, uh, you know on the bar. Oh, so yeah. basically. I then drank for the next few hours. On the way home, puked in the limo. Mm-hmm. I puked in the limo, Chris. Of course. Got, home, got back to the Del Monte, and I went to take a shower. Mm-hmm. I cried in the shower. <laughs> My wife came into the, to the bathroom to see what was wrong with me, and then I said something that uh, when you hear this, you will say, how did she marry him? I cannot <laughs> believe it. When she asked me why I was crying, I'm crying in the shower at the Del Monte. We've blown dinner. We were supposed to go to dinner. We had Rezzy's. Dinner's over. Dinner's over. I told her it was because I missed my mother. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Your mom would have made you eat lunch. That's the truth. She would have had me eat the lunch. No doubt. You got to eat lunch. I told her I was so, I had such a bad, so basically empty stomach, (laughs) drank wine all day, and just had that, you know, I just, I I literally cried, puked, and told my my girlfriend, who I was hoping to marry, that I missed my mother. Yeah. Blue dinner reservations, went to bed, woke up the next day, and was too hungover to get a massage. (laughs) Yeah, if you're too hungover to get a massage, it means you've done something wrong. Yeah. (laughs) That was bad. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I mean, I've gone through some serious wine tours. We did one with my buddy uh, for his bachelor party, you know, over, you know, earlier this summer. And we went from 12 to 5 straight. Yeah. I think we went to six places, six or seven places in five hours. You drunk? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a a bus. But we, we, you know, we're we're adults at this point. We're not, you know, whooping and hollering it up. Yeah. But we went to seven places. And <laughs> we we did it serious. Yeah. I mean, it was a long tour. You end up getting drunk, man. For sure. And if you don't eat food, I think you need to plan that into the tour and people don't do it well enough. Yeah. And depending on where you are and which lake, you've got to plan food into your trip. Yeah. To this day, if, if we're anywhere and I'm like, it's time for lunch and she says no, I go, remember the wine tour. <laughs> do you want me to cry again? <laughs> I, I mean, have my mother on speed dial. <laughs> you have any number of reasons to cry, Paul. It doesn't just have to be for lunch. <laughs> it was bad. It was a bad one. So oh I'm a beer God. guy, and, 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 I, and I'm a whiskey and ginger ale person. That's my go-to drink. Yeah, whiskey and ginger ale. I mean, it's for, for all the blank and blank drinks, whiskey and ginger ale is the most palatable of, the, of them, I think. Yeah, it's, you know what it is? It's, uh, I, I, I love beer, but you know, it, it fills you up, man. Oh yeah, it's filling. So having a bunch of beers is tough. Love, you know what? I'll do a whiskey and ginger ale, and I feel it. First of all, it goes down so easy, and then after that, like I'm not super full and bloated. I feel like I can go all night on those things. It's it's my drink. It's my go to drink. Yeah, I took another sip of this. It's oh good. yeah. It's well, I think stuff. the the thing is once you, once you got your palate acclimated, it becomes easier to drink it at a hundred proof. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> yeah, <let's get> <laughs> I'm gonna chase it with some water. 
Holy moly. But the second, it's weird, the second time, the harshness goes a little bit away. Yeah. It's amazing how quick your palate acclimates to the flavors, where the first time it's so explosive, and then the second time you it's softer, yeah. just a little bit, just because your brain's ready for it at that point. I think by the end of this glass in this podcast, I will be crying <laughs> in, in, in your shower. Do you have a shower? I, I, I do. It's it's in there. It's nice. It's walk-in. Perfect. It's, it's built for guys like us. Good. You know, there's the top shot. It's really nice. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk about sauce. Sure. What do you want to know? So, last time we talked was, what, a little over a year ago? Maybe almost a year and a half ago, something like that? It was, yeah. It was a while ago. So, you've been continually growing your sauce business since then. Yeah. What has, I mean, how has it grown and what have you done to make it grow? Versus just the public picking up on it. It's it's hustling, you know. Uh, so obviously, my job working on the radio has uh, not hurt. Has not hurt. Which and where are you on the radio? I work on Brother Wee's show ninety five one for my regular gig. But honestly, in twenty eighteen, working in radio, you are everywhere. So I also work on Hot one zero seven nine in Syracuse, Wham eleven eighty. Uh, lot for your food show on the weekend. Food show on the weekend, which, which I will be. I will be guest hosting that's this right. weekend, uh, September eighth. Right. Yeah. I'm still not sure exactly what we're talking about. I love that you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Do you know if you're having any guests, or if so, how many are you? I'm having? thinking two, okay, but okay. it could be as few as one. Love it. So I've got two. I've got two things I want to talk about. Yeah, I want to talk about local sourcing yes. and places that do it well. It's sort of a tie into you know the Frankly startup that I'm working on. Yep. And the second part, I definitely want to talk about the culturally diverse restaurants of Rochester. Yeah. You know the stuff that doesn't get a lot of press on radio. You know all the you know, different stuff, whether it's Puerto Rican, Dominican, Cuban, Jamaican. Love it. Um, you know, uh, traditional Chinese, all that stuff. I want to talk about that. That's perfect. I mean, I can rattle off for an hour just on that by myself. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that, that's what I want to cover. Don't. My only advice is don't overbook guests. A lot of times when people do fill in for any show, they tend to, like, book themselves seven guests You know what I hour. noticed? I noticed yeah. the people who did it before, and no fault on them. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was Lynn Phillips and Lynn Tracy Schumacher. Yep, yep. And I thought they did a good job, but I mean, I also have a little more, a little more time doing interviews and talking on the radio. Yeah. So I'm I'm not as worried about it, even if it's just one person. Yeah. Like I was going to get one of my frankly co-founders to sit in with me, but we can talk about anything. I mean, we've yeah. we've sat for enough hours with each other oh, yeah. at this point. We can just do whatever. Oh, you'll and be that might great. be perfect. I'm looking forward to it. You'll be great. I'm yeah, gonna, sh- I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to put it up on demand too, so it'll be on demand. Yeah, it should be I'm fun. Listen to it. Uh, anyway, the, the sauce. I don't know. We we, we worked hard and it, and it got bigger. <laughs> I, well, I appreciate the detail. <laughs> yeah. um, no, yeah. I really we hustle, man. We are hustling, hustling, hustling. We're trying to be everywhere. Uh, and you know, I've reinvested a lot too. So uh, you know, we've made uh, we've been lucky enough to make some. Profit and I've spent profit on branding. You know, yeah. uh, my festival setup has gone from being a crappy little, you know, Dick Sporting Goods uh, tent, like pop up tent. Oh, the easy ups are terrible. The easy aren't they? up, like, a, and a card table with yeah. sauce on it. That was day one. Now I've got a branded tent, beautiful, nice backdrop. Everything is oh, nice. nice. You know, still an easy up though. Uh, no, it's a different brand. It's uh, it's it's like one of those more hardcore ones. Once I was around all the different festival people, you know, yeah, all yeah. the vendors, I started learning the the a little bit more about what they do. You it's know? weird, right? I mean, yeah. we when we were doing more of the outdoor festivals, um, my wife Carrie, you know, she she bought one of the um, really nice artist tents with the real pipes and the you know crank downs yeah. and with all the sandbags and everything else. Yeah, it's a lot of work to put it up, though, man. It's a lot of work. It's, it's not. It's not as easy as like, oh, pop it up, you're done. That was the one good thing about the pop up was it was easy. That's oh true. yeah. 
Uh, and then also recently bought a, a van. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Haven't, I haven't seen in person yet. I got to see it at some point. It's parked at 12 Corners Plaza, <laughs> right on Elmwood, right on like where Elmwood is. Which, I mean, that's that's a great place to park it, man. Dude, Stu Baker, who owns that plaza, friend of a friend, told me I could park there. So I parked in the back. And on day two, he called me and he goes, what are you doing in the back? And I was like, oh, Stu, I thought I could park there. And he goes, bro, you got to go on Elmwood. Park on Elmwood. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Then yesterday, I get a tweet, a direct message. You know who slid into my DMs? Oh. Uh, the Ch- Brighton chief of police. <laughs> and he says, can you call me? So I called him. And he goes, hey, I love that your truck is there. It's great. Love your sauce. However, I need you to move over two, two or three slots because people can't see as they try and pull out. Because <laughs> you got a big panel van at the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have now. I'm over like three slots. So you got you got this thing all wrapped. All wrapped. So it's all with, with all the branding, yep. all of your artwork. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's got to be kind of nice to see that you know really posterized out there, man. Yeah. So in a roundabout way, I'm actually I'm answering your question because basically my mentor uh, is a guy named Tom Riggio, who I think you've been around, you've met him. He's Iron mm. Smoke Whiskey Tom. Mm-hmm. Not it's confusing because Tommy is Iron. Smoke whiskey, Tommy Burnett. Yeah, Tommy Burnett. I mean, he's the he's the front man. He's the front man. He the is face. a front man. That is his job. Yeah, he's the front man. He's the face. He's the one when you think Iron Smoke whiskey, he's who most people know. Oh, for sure. The behind the scenes guy is this Tom Riggio, and uh, and so he's really been a mentor to me. And his number one lesson was, uh, you are building a brand, not selling jars of sauce. And and believe it or not, those are two different things. And sometimes that's confusing. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And then other times it makes sense to me. And you know, I th- I think that's the thing I suffer the most with is. Sometimes I feel like, hey, the product's good. Mm-hmm. And then I don't worry about the brand stuff as much. And I think you've done a really good job at that. I definitely, we're definitely working on it. So I know it took me forever and we took a few uh, left and right turns during that answer, but I think it's just really invested back into the brand, trying to make it look bigger than it is. It's it's not that it's all smoke and mirrors, because it's not all smoke and mirrors. No. We're really doing what we're doing. But, you know, there's only a few of us. And I think I've managed to make it look like maybe there's more than a few of us, you know? Well, I mean, it's like, and when you say we, now it's you. It's me and my wife. And yeah. then we have, uh, we, we're, we have two employees. Um, but That's not bad. But they're part-time employees. But still, having other people to help is huge yeah. when, with the festivals yeah. and everything else. Yeah, yeah. It's been big. Especially this, you know, my wife was done with spending all day Saturday and all day Sunday <laughs> busting her ass for these festivals. And, you know, and especially at the beginning, I mean, God, for her, at least I was doing the books. I'm, I'm in QuickBooks seeing what we're making. And, you know, I'm knowledgeable as to whether or not we're profitable. And, I'm, and I communicate with her. It's not like I don't tell her things. But for her, she's not quite seeing that, right? She's not seeing the transactions going into the bank and, and making everything look good and profitable. So to her, she's basically volunteering her time to do this stupid sauce thing that her husband thinks is cool. And so God bless her heart. But this year she was finally like, and she's pregnant, right? Yeah. So this year she's finally like, I'm not doing it. She didn't feel like mascotting no. this year at all? No. This year you're hiring and, and if it's either you or you're hiring. So I hired her sister. Which, I mean, if you're going to get anybody, I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah. So her sister's still with us. And then also uh, I got another guy, um, uh, another kid who's doing deliveries for me and stuff, pickups and deliveries. Which is great. I mean, yeah. it's the kind of stuff you, at some point, that's not what you should be worrying about as much. No, right. That's that's the other thing. I've had to learn how to become a business person. So, on sort of on the fly because when this thing first started, I swear to God, yes, I started it as a business, but I never anticipated it to actually become full time job material. I always thought for sure that this thing would be something I would spend two hours a week on, <laughs> and now if I spend two hours a day, I am gonna fall behind. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's it's a lot. So uh, you know, getting into it and 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 seeing it even come as far as it has, I just feel lucky, just really lucky. 
you know? Yeah, and I mean you've you've also you've also done the hustle not only you know to bring it to the festivals, yeah. but you're also in major grocery stores. Right, right. Getting into big grocery stores was 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 key. And uh, people have asked me a lot of times to say like, how do you get into Wegmans? And you know, I honestly I think there is an answer to that. I I cannot speak on behalf of Wegmans. Obviously, I can't make any decisions for them, but I can tell you. Uh, people ask me all the time, what products? How do you do it? And the answer, I think, I can give it to you in 30 seconds. Go to the local mom and pops, speak entrepreneur to entrepreneur, tell them your story, and they'll probably give you some shelf space. Not all of them will. You'll get some no's, but some will give you some shelf space if you honestly go face-to-face with them. Then service it. Do demos, advertise, anything you can do to get it to sell there. Then, after three, six, nine, twelve months go by, Take the sales numbers that you've built up from the local mom and pops and go to the major supermarket, the Wegmans, and show them how much you've sold in the course of the last year. And if it's enough, th- you'll get their ear. Well, they're, they're all about proof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, it's, I think it's pretty rare. I don't know. I'm sure at some point they've taken a risk on a new item. I'm sure they have. But I think it's pretty rare for them to just, on a whim, put a new item in that has absolutely no record whatsoever. You know, I think you have to actually show that people will buy this. Yeah, and I think that makes a huge difference, though, doesn't it? I mean, it's you've you've already. I think it shows that you're serious about it too. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, everyone, you know, at the beginning, also people thought, well, he probably just got into Wegmans because he's on the radio. The first time I ever went to Wegmans, the the category merchant told me the fact that I was on the radio to him was actually a deterrent because he thought that most times that that uh, you know people like in my position do these things as a flash in the pan. They're interested for three months, and then they lose interest. Yeah, yeah. They move on to the next thing, you know. So he actually told me, like, I'm a little worried about this because it seems to me like this could be something that in three months, to you, you're not interested anymore. You know, I think that's a fair concern from somebody because so many people do these little branding things. They do this side thing. Yeah. They don't take it seriously. Yeah, they don't They don't pour themselves into it enough. And, and yeah, and then three, six, nine months later, you're like, whatever happened to this or that? Well, I think that's something from getting to know you. You actually, you take you take all your, your fun things pretty seriously, which, mm-hmm. one, I respect because that's something that I've always done mm-hmm. is when I'm having fun with something, I can't. I can't just passively do it. I have to dive in deep. I have to take it seriously. I have to care. Yeah. If I don't care, I just can't bring myself to do it. Right, right. I have to care about it. And it's it, it always bugs me when people, you know, do these things half. They they don't dive in. They don't really invest. Right. And that's I something agree. I've always, you know, respected about the things you like. Thank you. You know, whether it's <laughs> whether it's the sauce, whether it's the radio, whether it's whatever, like you care about the things you have fun with, which I, I've always done that. I appreciate that. I feel like I need to go to therapy because for the second time now, I'm going to bring up my mom. Yeah. <laughs> but you know my mom told me right before I got married? Hmm. She told me that the thing she likes about me the most is that while I may not be good at many things, <laughs> I try hard. That's what she said. She goes, you've always tried so hard at everything you've ever done. You know what? There's nothing that counts more than effort. <laughs> it's true. I mean, talent, talent's great. Yeah. And But you know what? Effort matters more than anything else. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's also remembering back to my days as the 12th man on the basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better. It's better than being the you know the fourteenth or fifteenth. Yeah, well, there were only twelve, <laughs> so it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember. Oh God, so embarrassing. I remember, like at the halftime, everyone would 
all the moms would bring Gatorade to the kids, mm-hmm. you know, because and my mom would bring me Gatorade at halftime. That was very nice of her. I didn't need it. You didn't need those electrolytes. I was, I was overly hydrated. <laughs> I was fine. That's the last thing I needed was a drink. Yeah, Ex- extra extra sugar and extra electrolytes. I'm like, mom, you know, Friday nights. These are my nights off. <laughs> These are the easy nights for me. Pract- game practice is the tough part. Yeah, practice. I have to do something. Friday nights, I get to just sit here. This Games, is great. I'm taking selfies. You know, uh-huh. we're, we're keeping stats. It's great. Yeah, one time the coach says, Googliamo, get in there. And I literally, to the person next to me, I go, what do you say? <laughs> is he talking to the other Googliamo on the team? Then I, go, and I get up there. I go, coach, uh, you really? You want me to go in there? He goes, yeah, I'm going to get you five quarters if you're going to get your goddamn varsity letter. <laughs> By the way, that, that was a good Midwest accent right there. <laughs> yeah, Ohioan. <laughs> you know, is is it crossover to like that Chicago style accent in Ohio? I uh, I don't know. I we call ourselves a Midwest in Ohio. Are we allowed to do that? Do you I think? think so. It's only three hours from here though to get to Ohio. I know, but it's so different. It's not the same. It's true. I mean, the Rust Belt. The Rust Belt's the same. Like Buffalo and Cleveland are more to more in common yeah. than Cleveland and Rochester. I think. Uh, yeah, I would think. Yeah, I think so. I agree. I think they're tied together with this misery. <laughs> I think we think we're too we're too good <laughs> uh, in comparison to Buffalo and Cleveland. Yeah. Where I think they both had so much misery and everything else that they, I think they have some kinship there. We get each other. Bills yeah. and Browns fans understand each other. I think so. I think so too. Yeah, it We've was gone through a lot. Yeah, that last year. Last year was just. You know what? The, the weird thing is when the Bills made the playoffs last year, I must find it more depressing than if they would have just lost like they usually did. Why? Because they because everybody got their hopes up, even though there was no chance they they could win the championship. Yeah, like they were. They just got him by the skin of their teeth, and there was no chance they were going to win. But everybody got so excited for just abject failure in the end. It was uh, it was great to make the playoffs because I, I also like the Bills. You know, I'm a Browns fan, but I like the Bills. And it was pretty interesting that Jacksonville game. How many people went down there from from around here? Oh yeah, to that game, and then the game was just like a dismal disappointment. It was yeah, why, why why are you going? I mean, it's going to be bad. <laughs> but you know what? I've I've been beaten down. I grew up 15 minutes from the stadium. I was. A diehard fan for so many years. Yeah. I just can't bring myself to care anymore. I still listen. I'm going to watch every Browns game this season, and I'm coming off of a one in thirty-one. Okay, well, the, the Browns actually us. have some hope this year. We though. got Jarvis Landry. Yeah, we he's got Josh Gordon. We got Ty God. <laughs> <laughs> no, did you know that it's Tarod? Uh, yeah. Did you hear about that? No, I, I didn't hear. Yeah, he he said it's pronounced Tarod, really? and he said that um, he said no one has ever asked him before, but <laughs> since you're going to ask. <laughs> He told the Cleveland media it's actually pronounced Tarod. No way. Yeah, yeah. And we've been saying we said it all wrong for for all the years he was here. Yeah, because Bills fans are dicks. That's yeah, why. pretty much. Yeah, that is kind of our mo. <laughs> oh God. So let's talk about the actual sauce. Yeah, yeah. So how many varieties do you have now? Geez, we're up to uh, like about ten, but they're not all out at, at the same time. The we do some seasonal stuff. Okay, I uh, I stole. I'm sorry, borrowed an idea from the beer industry <laughs> to do seasonal stuff. That makes sense. It, it, I'll tell you, it's great marketing and it works. And 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 honestly, it's not it's not like a cheap money ploy because I mean, who wants pumpkin sauce in? June, you know, I and mean, pumpkin sauce is hot right now, September, yeah. October, and then boom, gone for a little while. The PSS, the pumpkin spice sauce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, so, so we do, uh, God, what we have marinara sausage, a rosa sauce, which is like a blush, spicy, chunky veggie, Sunday sauce, and then our seasonals are summer pumpkin, uh, rustic, and then in the spring, we do a like an artist edition, one time only sauce. I, I, by the way, are we keeping count how many times I say like? 
Oh, I think we probably could. It's bad. I, I wish we had a like a video element and I could put like, you know, the little number on the screen every time it. it goes on. I'm starting to realize it and I hate when we have people on the radio and they say like a lot. And I think I've done it a handful of times today, and I'm sorry. No, so it, it's my, my go-to is when I'm going off the cuff, not in a conversation, but when it's just me, yeah. I use the word and too much. So it's like a continuous run-on sentence of and this, and that, uh-huh. and this. <laughs> yeah. I know I do it. I try not to, but when, when I'm talking to somebody else, it doesn't happen as much. Yeah. When it's just me and I'm in my own head, that's when it comes out the Keeps most. Going. Yeah. Oh yeah, because that—that's the part that really gets you. I don't know about you. I mean, because you do a fair amount of radio by yourself every week. You do yeah. a daily thing. You do, yep. you know, a fair amount of monologuing on your show, uh, your food and wine show on the weekend. Yeah. Um, and I wonder how much that stuff comes out more when you're talking by yourself. I don't know. I, I honestly have never thought that I had a like issue until today. I've just been hearing it in my own headphones and cringing every time I've like said like. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, <sighs> so, like, uh. let's talk about... So you <laughs> get all the varieties of sauce. And? <laughs> and. Um, so when you have been making these sauces for how long now? Four years. Just over four years. Four years. Over the last time since we talked last, like year and a half, have you changed things about it? Because I know that there's a heritage to the recipes. Yeah. But when it comes to production, yeah. do you change it based on the – have you figured out you had to change it to make it better? Um, I, I don't know if – I don't know if the actual – if it's gotten better or worse. We have had to change a little bit, um, but not change the recipe. I'll explain what I mean. Mm. We were lucky enough to do enough business to move to a larger uh, co-packer, which is like a, um, when you, a factory that – that makes your stuff for you. I said like again, by the way. <laughs> it's a factory that makes your stuff for you. Copac situations basically means I go to a factory, give them my recipe, to, we do it together, and then as soon as I give it the thumbs up, we lock in those calibrations, if you will, and then that just runs, they can run that anytime. Kind of like how Custom Brew Crafters does that exactly. for new breweries that are coming up. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, exact same thing. So um, when I moved to a larger co-packer, we had to rework all the original recipes to scale them up hmm. to the new recipe, and um, I felt as though... Uh, my recipe, my original recipe, and my current one were really, really close. But I could, I could, if you put them next to each other, I could tell a little bit of a difference. And I don't know that it got better. I don't know that it got worse. I could just tell a tiny bit of difference. And I don't know what it is. I mean, we brought in all the exact same stuff. It's just. And by the way, if you're thinking this is right now, this is like two years ago. So yeah. if, you, if you're a fan of the sauce and you didn't notice a difference, then then good. Because <laughs> nobody, I literally heard from zero people that said, did you change this? So I think we pulled it off. And I think it was a 99% match. But I'm so close to it, Chris. I felt like I could, could well, taste it. And I, I like that because like when... You, like when you're when you're when you're sitting there and you're actually tasting the different batches and you re- you really care about quality control, mm-hmm. you're going to notice those little things. Yeah, like I'm like we were talking about the whiskey. It's you you can taste these little things in the sauce that somebody else might not care about. I think I can, and you know, and I and I've never thought that I had an, a, a sophisticated palate by any means, and I don't. I certainly don't. But regarding my own thing, my own product, I still pick. When, when we do a new batch of sauce, I still take a jar, literally pop it, and take like a swig straight out of it. I take a drink of sauce every single time. 
And there's been one or two times where I've tried a batch and thought, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's right. And I've gone back in the factory before and said, hey, guys, taste this. This doesn't seem right. And we've scrapped entire uh, entire batches. You want to hear a cool story? Oh, of course. Sir, 10 seconds straight, I swear. Guy emails me from Texas recently. said, your sauce is for sale here at a Save-A-Lot or something for $1.49. What? And I looked into it, and it turns out it was from the, that one time that I'm talking about right now where we scrapped the batch. Where no I went way. in and said, like, this seems a little loose to me. It see, what it was was that specific batch didn't feel thick enough. I didn't okay. think it was thick enough. And I, was, and, and I just I got an old jar. I went to the Wegmans. And I got like a jar that was on the shelf. I said, like again. I got a jar that was on the shelf. And I got the jar that I had just picked up from the factory. And I, and I went in and I, and I, right in the office of the owner, I poured them both out and said, that is different from that. And they scrapped the whole batch, redid it for me. And they asked me if he could sell that at a discount. Yeah. And I said, yes. And I forgot about it. And it sh- showed up at a save a lot in Texas. Showed up in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For a dollar wow. forty nine. For a do- <laughs> you feel better about a dollar forty nine? Well, I well I I just thought it was, I just thought that was crazy. Like that it would be just this giant pallet. The guy even sent me a picture. It's just this pallet of pasta sauce. Yeah, there's no Italians in Texas. Nobody will know the difference. No, yeah. They just I think they just they go to every save a lot in the country and they're like, will anyone take this? Oh yeah. Please. Well, and I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, I do shop at those stores. Well, hey man, I got to tell you, for a dollar forty nine. That sauce, I wish I had it to give it to you. The day that the only thing that was wrong with it was it was a little bit looser. Yeah, it was. It was really, really a good deal for dollar forty nine. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, I think what we're gonna do, we're gonna take a break. No, no breaks. Nope, no breaks. No, no breaks. <laughs> only whiskey. No breaks. So we're gonna hit a quick break, and we're gonna come back with more talk with the sauce man <laughs> and tag team champion. That's right, Paul Gugliamo. We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast with Paul Guglielmo to let you know about the Rochester City Newspaper Best of Poll for 2018. Go to rochestercitynewspaper.com to vote in the preliminary poll for Food About Town for Best Podcast. And while you're there, please vote for all of the rest of your Rochester favorites as well. So head on over to rochestercitynewspaper.com and get your vote in today. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast with Paul Guglielmo. And we're back with Paul, Pauly Guglielmo. Those, that's in quotes, by the way, Pauly. <laughs> yeah. Is that your official nickname? That's my undercover name, Pauly. Oh, yeah. My real name is Paul. Oh. I'm like Clark Kent. <laughs> if I go by Polly, then I can say anything I want and nobody will know it was really me. Right. You try you try to fit into the telephone booths to change, yeah. you know. I don't glasses. fit into many telephone booths <laughs> anymore. <laughs> oh God. So w- during our little break, we were doing some podcast and radio gossipy stuff. Yeah. And one of the things that we were just about to talk about that I was gonna bring up was I've had a few instances talking on the podcast, interviewing people, nothing to do with the people across from me, where I had planned out the questions ahead of time, Mm -hmm. meaning I'd done a lot of research. And in a couple of those instances, I really, I felt like I did a worse job because I planned too much. Right. Now, it's gone up and down. The best version of that was when I had Evan Dawson on for a couple hours. I did a lot of research. I really had a plan going in, and it worked well. I'd done it a couple times before, and it just went awfully. Uh-huh. 
I was robotic. I wasn't engaged in the conversation at all. Yeah. When you're doing interviews, because you you guys get a lot of guests in in the morning. Right, yeah. Do you end up doing a lot of research? Everyone everyone has their own process, and there are some people, I think, who write everything out. Uh, I work with some people who write everything out, and I'm amazed that they write everything out because it wouldn't work for me either. I'm I'm like what you just said. I think if I had to look down for every question, I'd be screwed. I would suck. So uh, my what works best for me is that I will uh, Google somebody and just read, see if I can find a bio on them. Read their story, or in some cases, you know, uh, it'll be someone who maybe the DNC did an article on them at some point. I'll read an article by the DNC. I'll read one, and and that's it. That's my prep. Yeah. Uh, uh, sometimes I would say at most on a sheet of paper, I might write down a few things I don't want to forget to bring up. You know what I mean? If there's if there's an interesting tidbit about somebody, I'll I'll write that on a sheet of paper. And I'll just say like did time in prison, <laughs> <You know>? like <laughs> and I'll put that on a sheet and I'll have that in front of me so that as I know I'm getting to my last ten minutes or so, I'll glance down at that paper and be like, oh shit, that's right, I got to bring up the prison stint. Yeah, I think for me, it's I try to have an idea of where we're going with the conversation, and I think that's for me, that's about as much as I feel mostly comfortable with. Yeah. At some point, I have to depend on the other person. Yeah. To be okay yeah they don't have to be perfect yeah but at least i want them to tell their story to be able to express things about themselves yeah and i think that's that's where i i do depend on the guest to a certain point to be interesting yeah there there is such a thing as a bad guest i don't think that if if somebody sucks on the air or on a podcast or i guess technically on the air it's not always the host's fault i think that the host probably has to own some of that because at the end of the day you did choose that guest and it is our job to make the guest more interesting yeah yeah but there's been some times where i'm like i gotta tell you that wasn't my fault or that wasn't Weeze's fault or that wasn't chris's fault or there's just some times where god they will not talk please and elaborate it, <laughs> you know what i mean just a little bit give me something oh i had a guy that i told you about in the break i had a guy who who literally gave me yes no answers yeah you can't do yes no answers on the radio you just can't do that it's really difficult <laughs> yeah i mean it, there, there's so much you can talk about anything it doesn't matter and i think what what i love about interviewing is i love finding the passion that somebody else has about something. It yeah. doesn't matter what it is. I don't care. As long as you're interested in it, if we're talking about food, great. I can talk about food all day. Yeah. But if you want to talk about anything else, I will talk about anything as yeah. long as you care about it. I want to talk about it. Well, we should be good then because we have similar interests. We do. You and I. So let's talk about radio. Sure. So over the last you know year and a half or two years where since we have talked – you know, your show has, you know, the Paulie Guglielmo show on the weekend. Right, You've right. continued to do the food and wine show, yep. which has stayed relatively static. It's been mostly the same. Yeah. Um, yep. No no offense. I think it's, it's, no. it's a good format. It's working. I made one change about a year and a half ago. I started to extend interviews. What I realized was, um, you know, it's sort of like a podcast, really. Yeah. Because uh, originally I was given all the same radio pep talks that we're all given. It would keep it moving. Short attention span theater, switch topics often, yeah. move, 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 quick, quick, quick. That's what we're taught, really, in radio. And uh, I realized that the only things anyone ever talked to me about was the interviews, the things they found interesting about the people I would have on. And I was putting people on for eight minutes at a time. So I basically started figuring out, let me let me do 30 minutes with people. You know, uh, I, So I do 30 minutes with people now. And that was one tweak I made about a year and a half ago. Went to my bosses before and I said, hey, I'd really like to do this thing where I interview people 
and I do their career trajectory. And I always try and do a, I always start with what were you doing before the thing that you're here for, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, was there a moment of peril? Was there a moment where it almost <laughs> didn't work out? Oh, Chris, I love a good moment where it almost didn't work out. Oh, you know what? It's it's that it's a great moment. And yeah. So I will I will tie this into just just briefly. I don't know if you have the same interests I do in movies. But my favorite kind of movie, yeah, and this this is definitely a tangent. For me, it's mostly porn. But go ahead. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd call those movies though. <laughs> I like a good plot in short a porn. short films. Short films. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> um, my favorite kind of movie is it's a specific kind of action movie where there's a guy who was the best, and he's out uh-huh. due to extraordinary circumstances. <laughs> he's back in. And he has to kill everybody. <laughs> what? Give me the the movie. What's the one? Uh, my favorite of the genre is John Wick. <laughs> all right, all right. I think John Wick is the perfect version of that. Now, there's been many of those. I mean, Under Siege is a great example. Uh-huh. You know, you know, Steven Seagal was out. He was just a cook, but because somebody took over the boat, he had to go back in and he had to kill everybody. So, does that mean that you like The Godfather Three? Then I haven't seen it. Okay, because in that one, Michael thought he was out. And just when he thought he was out, <laughs> they pulled him back in. But did he kill everybody? Uh, I can't tell you. It's a spoiler. Oh, oh good spoiler. I, to, to be honest, I haven't even seen Godfather 2. Oh, that's supposed to be the best one, I man. Supposed on. to be. Well, they, everyone says it's the best one. I can't pick between 1 and 2, but okay. I will admit 1 and 2 are better than that. I, I saw 1 again recently with the intent of seeing 2. Mm-hmm. And because I, I'd, I hadn't seen 1 like once before. So I forgot a lot about it because it's a long movie. Yeah, you get Robert De Niro in too, which is fun. Yeah, you get I mean, a lot of young Vito. I'm a big fan of De Niro uh-huh. back in the day. Uh-huh. Um, so it's again that was my little movie tangent. It's my favorite genre movie because you brought up the back out like, hey, we're about to fail. Yeah. Now we get to redeem ourselves. I love that so much. It's my favorite. Yeah, I, you know, so some of the best interviews that that I've had that I felt I've had uh, to they're. Big, big ones, big names, but man, oh man, did they have great stories. John Stage, the founder of Dinosaur Barbecue. This is the absolute favorite interview that I've ever done because John Stage went to prison. That's the example I was using. He went to prison. He was down and out, man. He was, it was no good. And when he was in prison, he made friends with some bikers. And Are you his, saying prison's no good, Paul? No, no. John Stage, the founder of Dinosaur Barbecue's <laughs> first experience cooking was in the mess hall. That's awesome. In prison. I mean, how legit does that make? Now when you walk in Dinosaur Barbecue, tell me you don't look around and go, okay, it's pretty legit, actually. It means a little bit more, right? Yeah, right. So then he makes buddies with some bikers, and then he just start, starts picturing himself driving a Harley down the, down the freeway once he gets out of, out of uh, prison. That's all he wants out of life. So he finally gets out of prison, he gets himself a job, gets himself a Harley, and he's on the freeway. So now he starts going to biker conventions, and he realizes the food sucks at biker conventions. So he asks if he can do a food cart, and he starts doing a food cart. He's sitting around trying to figure out what to call it, and they felt like they were uh, old men at that point, so they called themselves dinosaurs. They started calling it dinosaur barbecue. Sausage sandwiches is what they did. And then people started saying, because they would come from the South, and they would tell them, they would say, John, this is not barbecue. These are sausage sandwiches. This is dinosaur grilling. (laughs) This is not barbecue. So he spent one year, went down, 
drove through every place he could find to go to barbecue, went to all the famous barbecue, went to Kansas City and Tennessee, brought his bike down there and learned how to do good barbecue and brought it back up, and the freaking rest is history. He bought that spot in Syracuse, no permits, started doing construction. The police walked in on him on, like, day three and said, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> and he was like, we're building a restaurant. And they were like, where's your permit? And he goes, yeah. a permit? Outlaw restaurant, man. I, I, I mean, I love, I just, I love people's stories. So the one tweak I made on that show was I really wanted to highlight entrepreneurial stories. Yeah, and it seems it seems I I, I did notice that you've done a lot more you talked to a lot of businesses. Yeah. And I think that's a part of your passion. It is. That's where I find my passion, uh, you know, uh, quite a bit. You know, when it comes to talking about food, like doing a food show, I can tell, you know, your passion obviously is the actual food, right? Yeah. The method, the, the how is the soup made, you know, that kind of stuff. I I to me, it's not I love that stuff too. It's just not my strength. I yeah. don't know. I don't know any of that stuff. But to me, I love talking to business Excuse me, business owners. We have so uh, a lot of times I'll reach out to uh, people I want to interview, and they'll say, "Well, yeah, our chef could be available." And I'm like, "No, I want to talk to you, not the chef." Whereas I feel like you would be the opposite, right? You say most of the time, "Bring me the chef." Not most the of the time, I do want to talk to the chef. I've talked to a fair amount of business owners. I find it interesting, and I think there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. But I love minutia. Yeah, I love the little stuff. Yeah, and I think you're you're going. You like these big arcs. Yeah. I love the little stuff. I yeah. want to know, you know, I, I want to know your feelings as you're building out. I right. want to know that stuff. Like when I had the uh, fifth frame guys in as they were building out, mm-hmm. we had to talk about that experience. Like, hey, how, how is this affecting you? How is this, how is the process? I love that stuff. Yeah. From business owner's perspective, perspective, <laughs> perspective. I finished the whiskey. Um, <laughs> and no dinner yet. I haven't cried yet, so you can tell I have a little <laughs> left. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I love that stuff. I love the big picture stuff. Yeah. But you're, you're right. I, 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 the nitty-gritty is where I, I thrive on the details. I thrive on you know, yeah. the, the obscure. I love that stuff so much. Yeah. Like re, one, a, a very recent story, just something that just I'm so interested in, is Joe Bean's uh, pivot. Oh yeah, one I love. I love that you were talking about it for one. Yeah, with the fact that they, I, and so I want to get inside Kathy Turiano's head, mm-hmm. and I want to know what were you seeing that you said we need to pivot because the balls. Oh yeah, to pull a pivot. Yeah, and and God, do I love that and respect that. And she was cool enough to. She came on the air with me a few weeks ago, and you know she didn't reveal the big plan, but she talked about. Seeing a trend and acting on it, and God, do I, re- do, do, I, I, jealous of that. I mean, I, I feel like if I ever have a moment where I really need to pivot, am I going to be smart enough and ballsy enough to do it? I don't know if I will. It's it's really hard. To, you have to know yourself really well uh-huh. to do something like that. And I think for for regardless if you're if you're a huge fan of Joe Bean like I am, yeah. a casual goer, or just somebody that pays attention to the coffee scene, or just Rochester food and drink in general, they were a major player. And to pull up their roots from where they were is a big move. And I think it's a good move overall. I think you're right. The pivot. Yeah. This pivot is good for them. Because then you know who else I, then, then you know who I want to talk to? I want to talk to Rory. I oh, yeah. To, I want to talk to, uh, is it Tony, right, at Fuego? Of course. I talk to these guys, and I want to go, like, I wonder, are you guys looking at this and going, what is she seeing that we're not? Or am I seeing that same thing and just not recognize it? Or am I seeing that same thing and recognizing it and now thinking, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, that, yeah. That interests me so much more than where did the beans come from. 
you get where it's so I do. That, no, I, yeah. I do because I, I, last time I talked to them, I did a comprehensive history of the company. So I had Kathy, Ben, and uh, Dina uh-huh. over, and I did a hour plus long, complete, comprehensive history of Joe Bean from inception to where it was at the time. It was a great interview. I heard it before yeah. you know before they uh, before they changed before the the pivot. I think the I think the difference is when you look at the different coffee shops of Rochester, they're all so different. People lump them all together. It's all specialty coffee, but they're so different from one another. Fuego is so different from Ugly Duck, so different from Joe Bean, so different from Glen Edith. They all serve coffee, and it's all specialty coffee, but it's so different from one another. Where I, it's, I don't think there's like this through line where everything's changing right now. I just think Joe Bean had gone so far, and now because they've been pushing so hard, they turned into a restaurant, they turned into all this stuff. Now was the time to change. Everybody else is still a coffee shop. For yeah. lack of a better way of saying it, nobody went to, hey, we're a restaurant now. Uh-huh. Now, Glen Edith is doing boxcar, and that's a separate thing. But, I mean, they're dabbling in that, too. You know, they've got a restaurant there. They're making donuts. They're making food. They're doing cocktails. They're doing the whole thing. Yeah. So maybe that's where we'll see something like that. I don't know. For just a moment, can we just pay respect to fried chicken? Because you said boxcar. Oh. Oh, fried chicken. What, do you have a go-to fried chicken here in town? There's a colonel that makes some on the corner. Don't, of- don't say stuff like that to me. <laughs> Am I going to get kicked out You know out you're going to get my goat when you say stuff like that. No, no. Honestly, uh, okay, so uh, I do like boxcar, but uh, what Marty's done is I think it's really good. Man. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Marty's guy. I think that original buttermilk fried chicken sandwich yeah. is so well executed. Yes. It, the, the chicken and waffles that he's doing, too. When he puts uh, syrup over the whole thing and the, and the waffles made out of cornbread. It's it's stupid. That's how it's just <laughs> stupid. And I know. And that's the one thing one I love about Marty. Yeah. Marty and I get along really well because he is. People don't realize this. I think sometimes Marty is a real deal, detail oriented food nerd. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is intense. He 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 really uh, impresses me sometimes with the crap he knows. Because sometimes he'll just start. I was uh, we were at CCR having lunch one time because we're very fancy. Actually, he's a member and he invited me. In. <laughs> I, I have no business being there. But country club of Rochester. Yeah, and and uh, the the general manager comes over and he brings a chef over and starts talking about barbecue. And Marty's rattling off restaurants and styles in Kansas City. And oh I'm yeah. Like, oh shit! This dude has done his research. Like man. he he's an obsessive researcher, and that's one reason why we get along really well. Is because. If he's researching something, he's researching fried chicken, he will try every different kind uh-huh. and find out what he wants to do with it. Yep. And I think that's that's just the sign of one, a really good businessman, but somebody that cares about the details. And that's that's why yeah. I've always respected what Marty does. Also, his food's delicious. Don't yep. get me wrong. That's, yeah, yeah. that's a great start. You ready? Dark horse, though, on fried chicken. Oh, I, I got love one it for you. Trotta. Stop. Interesting. Fried chicken, it comes with the Village Bakery biscuits that are like melting your mouth. Okay. It's pretty good. I haven't been there in a long time. I used to live right next to Trotta. Mm -hmm. So while it was being built, I lived, I could crawl over to where that building is for my old apartment. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I haven't been in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I should go back. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I, I still love. I, I like Trotta. I, I don't go as often as I can. There's too many damn restaurants. That's the problem. There's a ton. It's hard to go to every restaurant. Yeah. But I haven't been there a long time. But that fried chicken meal that they do, and it comes with those Village Bakery biscuits, man, those things are just. It's like two great. It's this big, huge pizza fried chicken. And, oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. my, my go to chicken place is BC's chicken, chicken Coop in Webster. Get me there. I don't know it. I have to go. Oh, it's so good. So I work in Webster. 
Yeah. One of these days, come out after your shift, okay. and we'll go out for chicken. All right. I, I know the owners. Uh, Carrie redesigned their menu for them, and their chicken is delightful. I love it. Intensely seasoned. It's a small family business. It's a uh, you know, lady and her wife. They do a great job making chicken well. A lot of seasoning. You know, they're getting their chicken from Palmer's. They're doing a really good job, and they really care about it. So do you know how I, I know that I, I really, and that we're doing some good fried chicken here in Rochester, is because uh, every year for the Sunday, Championship Sunday, uh, a guy I work with, John DiTulio, does a Championship Sunday party. And he had KFC this year. He had a bucket <sighs> of KFC, and I ate, I ate some. And and I used to love KFC, really like I love because I've always loved fried chicken. Who of has, course, right? yeah. And I remember it was the first time I'd had KFC in a few years uh, because I have tried to step it up over the last few years. I've been like, let me if I'm going to be a food guy, let me go support other entrepreneurs, right? So I'm not going to a chain. Uh, well, it was it was bad, man. Yeah, it's and not I good. Was, I was so happy that it was bad because yeah. I because I knew the fact that that was bad. I knew that meant that. It's because the other stuff I'm eating is good. I think it's one of those things, the more you expand your your horizons, the more... When you said you don't have a good palate, yeah. it's it's not that you have a bad palate. It's you you taste all this stuff and you don't realize it's changing. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, you've experienced all these different foods because you know all these places. You're going to visit all these new places. All this, you know, locally sourced food. Yep. All this, you know artfully presented all these other things, whether it's chicken or sauce or whatever, you don't realize it's changing sometimes unless you're doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. But you say, oh, wow, my palate has changed. Yep. And sometimes it happens without you realizing it. Oh, by the way, can I tell you something about uh, the show that you're doing on Saturday? Oh, I think you should. Uh, uh, what I just did is the one thing you can't do. You can't shit on stuff. I don't. Uh, no, no, I, I know, but I'm, I just did it, and I feel like if I was on my... It's a chain. <laughs> you know, well, they could be... I don't know if KFC is or not, but if it's a franchise-owned, yes. then it is a local owner, and you got to be careful. It's just You just can't crap on businesses. No, my, I mean, really, I always... My goal is never... You know, I, I can be negative, yeah. I mean, it's happened before. Oh, the funniest fucking thing I have ever heard <laughs> on a podcast in my life was on the Food About Town podcast. Oh God! And it was when you were talking about the dishes that your mom makes. That you oh were, yeah, and you and you said something like that you could kick her ass in 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 her best dish. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, it sounds like something I would say. It was like something that your mom makes that you love to this day. Oh yeah, and then you just so matter of fact, not even kidding. You were just like, "No, I know that if I were to make that, I could make it way better than she makes." It. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> It was so funny. So I can tell you the dish. So it's 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 a specific dish. It is the, um, it's a beef dumplings. Yes, that is what it was. So it's That's beef dumplings. It's it's a shortening shortening dumpling. We're talking Crisco shortening okay. because you can only make it with that. Yeah. And then the filling is top round beef and a pat of butter, no salt, no seasonings. Okay. And then it is boiled in a cloth wrapper. Yeah. Until it's done. Then you take the buttery dumpling water, you pour it on top, you chop it up, and you put a shit ton of salt on it. We're not talking good salt. We're talking Morton's. Morton's. <laughs> not not we're not not kosher salt. Uh. It's you know, regular like small, iodized or whatever the hell it is. Iodized salt. <laughs> and the correct amount is a shit ton. Mm. It's just about as much salt as you can handle. Yeah. That's how much you put on there. And there's zero doubt in my mind. If I used, I would use short rib. I'd put garlic in there. I'd be searing. I'd be seasoning. All the stuff would be better. Guaranteed. 
if I gave it to two separate people that had no history with it, mm. they would say that one's better. Yeah. But with my very few things I'm nostalgic about, I would never change it. Carrie puts garlic powder on it. Well, I don't know. You don't I, like that? No. 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 <laughs> it's better. I tasted it. It's better with garlic powder on it. But it's not. I will not put it on mine <laughs> because there's only one way to eat it, and it is with a shit ton of salt. Yeah. No pepper. Yeah. Just salt. Because it's perfect. <laughs> the first time you talked about that, <laughs> I, I remember right where I was walking down my road. I was... I just, <laughs> I had the earbuds and I was laughing so hard. The fact you were like, "My mom makes it well. I can make it better." Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm a weird guy, Paul. I'm not sure you <laughs> noticed that. Oh. So, I think the last thing we want to talk about today. That's right. Because this could go on forever. That's right. And some of us have to get home <laughs> and visit their wives and stuff. Well, some of our wives are pregnant right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. Let's finish with some wrestling talk. She'll love when I kiss her and I've got whiskey on my... What have you been doing? <laughs> I come home with like pizza or something. Radio. We're doing radio. <laughs> yeah. Whiskey comes with radio. So I'm working hard, babe. I'm promoting. <laughs> promoting. So let's talk about wrestling. Let's do it. So this is going to be shorter than I want it to be. Okay. I want you to come back and we're just going to talk wrestling. I love that idea. And we should do it regularly. I'm not saying I should take over your wrestling segment on your podcast every week. <laughs> That's okay. But we should start talking wrestling more often because I'm into it. I would love to. I got into it because I started listening to a wrestling podcast. Yeah, from which a, one? Uh, the Sam Roberts wrestling yeah, podcast, not yeah, Sam yeah. Wrestling. I listened to that. Um, that that got me into it because I've been a fan of his since he was an intern on Opie and Anthony back in the day. I think that might be the one I was literally listening to like most recently. Now that I think <laughs> about it, look at that. That's literally the one I'm listening. I'm, I I uh, finished it, that one earlier today. The Joey Janela episode. Yeah. Did you watch all in? I did. What'd you think? I really enjoyed it. Okay. It was. It's so different. It's not a WWE product. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's got some of those harsher edges of old school wrestling. Uh Uh-huh. But you know what? The wrestling is really good. You know, the stars from, you know, New Japan, uh, Kenny Omega's really good. I've I've started watching a little New Japan here and there. He's really good. It's not the same. But it's better in a lot of ways, and it's not better in other ways. There was, you know, what I liked about it, it was so refreshing to watch Rated R wrestling again. Like they said, "fuck" in one of their promos. They yeah. had penis druids. That was very weird. <laughs> they had men dressed as penises. That was the part Carrie looked up at, and I'm like, "Oh no, no this, right. this is the part you looked up." At. That's right. You're like, "This is the please." I don't want any anyone to see me watching this, <laughs> this this part really there are times watching wrestling whether it be wwe or or all in or anything where there's sometimes where i'm really proud of it and i'm like look how cool this is and then other times if somebody walked in right now i'd be super embarrassed yeah there, there's definitely those moments i mean <laughs> I've, I've gotten carrie to watch some of it she likes watching the women wrestlers i do too she likes some of the you know some of the specific guys were were elias fans yes when we're talking about wwe we're by the way, we're just nerding out for a minute here. <laughs> we'll talk generally about it in a second. We'll break down the chicken fingers at the Blue Cross Arena that we had. <sighs> <Wow>. <laughs> so the I think for me, it's just there's so much. I enjoy it on a different level than I did when I was in high school. Yeah. In high school, I was you know, I was a teenager. I was angry and it was it was wrestling. There I was you I don't know, know bad how old guys. you are. Are we talking attitude era? Yeah, we're I think oh, we're yeah. the same age, right? Thirty five? Yeah, thirty four, thirty five. I'm about yeah. to turn thirty five. Okay. So we watched at the same time. I was a WCW guy during the NWO times. That was my that was my favorite at the moment. Yeah. But I watched the attitude stuff too. I watched a lot of wrestling. I went to a couple shows. By the way, I went back and watched one of the shows I went to on the WWE network. 
oh, it was terrible. <laughs> that was really bad. Um, but yeah, it's you know what I, I got back into it listening to the podcast, and I I, I really enjoy it unabashedly. I enjoy it, and I think the favorite part about it now is the stuff that you like to talk about too. Is why are why are the writers doing this? Yeah. Why are they doing this this yeah. way? It, it is the type of thing where I watch it, and, and it's like Saturday Night. Do you ever watch Saturday Night Live, too? And some, It's the same thing where sometimes it's just bombing. And oh, you, yeah. And, and there's some times where I'm going, how did someone actually think this would work? But I have a unique perspective in that I'm responsible on the Brother Wee show for 25 hours worth of radio every week. And granted, it's the Brother Wee show. Because you I'm, are the producer. I'm the producer, and I'm basically the right-hand man, and honestly, most of the content is coming from stuff I'm giving them, right? And there has been stuff that's bombed. So, like, oh, yeah. I get it. I get it. You know, <laughs> like, I understand it's possible to bomb. I said like again. It's definitely <laughs> bombable. So I understand. But I'm with you, man. There are some times when I watch, and I think, how did they think this was going to be good? Let's pause for one second. Yeah, yeah. So, as the producer, you're bringing you're bringing content to the show all the time. Trying. So it's it's news items, but it's not just big news items because big news items get a lot of talk. Yeah. It's the smaller news items. Yeah. And the isn't this weird news items? Yeah, we do a lot of that. When something bombs, what is that? What is that feeling like when you bring something in? Now, maybe you don't. Let's talk about the one that you believed in. Yeah. And it bombs. Yeah. So uh, I give you a real good example. Recently, oh, God, I hope she doesn't listen because <laughs> I'm going to totally blow who it was. <laughs> this woman uh, uh, approached me at a rotary meeting and, and told me what she does. And what she does is she uh, specializes in helping communications within an office. And so, specifically, office politics and how uh, employee A may have a problem with employee B. Okay. And, and how do we resolve issues like that? And also, you know, uh, a major percentage of Americans think that their bosses are dicks and, yeah. that, and that they would do better at their boss's job. So how do you manage that if you're the boss? And how do you manage that if you're an employee? So I thought, oh, this sounds like great fodder. Right. I mean, there's, there's a lot to go there. There's jokes to be made. Could. And, and generally, people who are listening to the show in the morning yeah. are at work or on their way to work. It's a great topic. So she comes in and we do this interview and it was all on, you know, it was all me. It was basically like, hey guys, I've playing the series. <laughs> hey guys, hey yeah. guys, I got this. Because it's not, the content's not 100% <laughs> me. Sometimes, you know, Weez will come in and tell a story from the weekend or something. And that's, you know, that's him. But this one's 100%. It is his show after all. It's his show. So really, I mean, there's plenty of times when content's coming from him as well. But anyway, this woman comes in and we start asking her a few questions and her answer to everything is increased communication. Oh, God. And she just answers every question that way. And by about the fourth or fifth minute, maybe not even that long, second or third minute, we knew, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, you know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And, and so we did the shortest possible segment we could do with her. I think we might have done six minutes or so. Yeah. And then uh, we go off the air, and I thank her and walk her out, and I come back in, and Weez is just kind of going... <laughs> He's just kind of laughing like, hey, bro. <laughs> and I just go, guys, that one's on me. I am yeah. sorry about that. And they're all like, hey, sounded good on paper. That's a topic that makes a ton of sense. You should have, a, there's all these great things to talk about. Yeah. It's just anecdotes. I mean, it, if you're in that job, you should have anecdotes all over the place. And then there's stuff that you can't stop with, right? Yeah. Judge Astacio. Oh, of course. If you bring up Judge Astacio, brrr, all your phone lines are full. I, for some reason, that woman has struck a nerve with the entire city. It's weird because there's there's so many things about it that 
you can take it from a pure anger perspective. Yeah, she's getting paid all this money yeah, and she's and not doing any work. And that's what it's all. Yeah, that's what it's all based on. You're gonna get a lot of that. Yeah, and you, there's so many different levels to take it in, though. Somebody who's that, somebody who has that great of a job, who did all that work and then threw it away, you know, due to you know dysfunction and addiction. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. From a, I don't know, from a more deep perspective. I mean, it's a comedy show. Yeah. Nominally a comedy show, because you guys do a lot of other topics. We try, too. mostly dick jokes, yeah. <laughs> That's what we try. <laughs> but it's, it's such a topic where you can bring out anger, you can bring out comedy, and if you want to, you can take it seriously, too. There's a lot of serious topics around that. Yeah, sure. That are really interesting. I, I find the topic really fascinating. I think it brings out a fair amount of racism in people, too, of course. Oh, it does. And, and uh, the, you know, the other thing right now that will get you a lot of, man, I'll tell you, it'll fire people up, but it's tough to go there right now, is politics. Oh, you yeah. Know, you want to talk Trump, and you will fire people up. The problem is you, know, you pick a side, and, and half of the people listening are going to hate you for it. Yeah. No matter and it's hard not to. It it's hard not to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I'm, I am who I am. I believe in what I believe in. Right. I don't talk about I'll talk about it with anybody. Yeah. But I don't talk about it unless it's being talked about. I don't bring it up all the time because I just, I think it's settled business. And I think if you believe the way you believe, I'm not going to change your mind by saying my opinion on it. I think my opinion's right. And I almost guarantee it's right. (laughs) But that's that's a different story. But that doesn't change their mind. Here's a problem, though. Everyone almost guarantees their opinion is right. Yeah, but I'm smarter than that. I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But so no matter what your opinion is, everyone Joking, who disagrees with it, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna nail you on it. And and so there there's some tough topics right now. Yeah, really tough topics going on. But um, it does bring the callers. It does. It did. Yeah, that definitely brings them out. And you know what brings out callers more than anything in the world? Being wrong about something. Oh, it's great, right? <laughs> if you're wrong about something, if you have a date wrong, if you're like, that happened in 1993, but it really happened in 1994, it is unreal to me how fired up listeners get over the fact that how fa- that happened in 1994. Not how 19- fast is it, though? It's oh, so fast. Oh, my God. I know immediately when we've said something wrong <laughs> because our phones will go from like one person on hold to just brrr, every phone full, and I'm like, well, we must have gotten a factoid wrong. Yeah. Because, oh, it brings people out. So people are so ready. I've never understood that. Now, I've worked in radio my whole life, <laughs> yeah. my whole adult life, so I've never really had the opportunity to be on the other side. Uh, but I will tell you that I don't understand how some people will hear it and think, you know what, I'm going to be the one to call them and let them know that they got that wrong. <laughs> how do you think you're going to be the You're going to be the one? You're going to tell... You're Okay, good. Call us and tell us, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. Next caller. Yes, we got that. Thank you. Yes, next caller. Yes, 2000... Yes, 1993. That's yeah, right. yeah, got it. Got it. <laughs> oh. well, we were talking about wrestling. We I'm were sorry. talking about wrestling. That was a good detour, though. I'm glad we went on. So... I think, like I said, we both caught in. Have you been Have you been following it the whole time? I've been following it for about the last four years. I took a hiatus. Okay. I followed it until about 2002 and took like 12 years off. Yeah. Did you do the same thing? Yeah, pretty similar. Yeah. I think I, I started paying attention without watching it. I missed the whole John Cena rise. I was aware yeah. of it, but I didn't. I wasn't I knew watching. he existed. Yeah. I knew he had a good theme song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's about all I knew. The I, I missed the whole thing, but I think now... I, I appreciate for what it was, and I appreciate for what it is. And I don't try to, I don't give it more value than it actually has. Yeah. It's fun. It's just a TV show. It's a good TV show. They're doing impressive things. And I think when we, so I went to your, before we talk about your title reign. Go ahead. Let's, let's, 
That's right. So recently, we went to the WWE house show yeah. at Blue Cross Arena. Yep. So we we went to went to a nice dinner at Fiamma Centro first. Oh, that was great. Got to talk to my buddy Giuseppe for a little bit. He's the best. We had a great time. <laughs> Giuseppe talked a lot. We had a really good time. Yeah. And we had some great food. I had the Sunday sauce, and that was that looked like it was they, delicious. They bake like Sunday sauce in this pizza crust. I said oh, like it again. Was... They bake it and then they give you a, a thing of pasta, and it's freaking fantastic. Yeah. And that day, my wife had had me uh, skip sauce because it was a Sunday, so it was just hit the spot. Yeah. Um, I had my margarita pizza, of course, because that's all I ever get there. So we went to the show, and we I thought you know we had a good time. Yeah. It's it's so different. Bro, can we talk about the the girl in front of us though? Oh, yeah. We sit down in our seats, and immediately I just get this giant whiff of B.O. Oh, yeah. And there's this giant woman in front of us, and she has not used deodorant since 1993. It was was really noticeable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't say anything, but it was really noticeable. It was tough for the first couple minutes. Yeah. 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 And And I got used to it. (laughs) I think think they shifted to a different seat. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Which which helped. Yeah, that was good. But, you know, I thought we had a good time, and it was... For me, it was interesting seeing it now. The first, I went with you, I think, two years ago, yep. and I hadn't paid attention. I didn't know anybody. And now, having watched it, it was so different seeing them there in person. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And there's still a little kid in me yeah. that gets excited to see those guys in real life. You know, and we we did have great seats, great choice on those. We had great seats. We basically had the TV view. Yeah, it was know? really nice. It was like we we're watching on TV. It was beautiful, and we got to see. You know, one of our my favorite guys, uh, Matt Hardy's last match. I love Matt Hardy so it much. It was his last match. I know. We had two newsworthy items. They're still coming up on the podcast that I listen to. The so weird. Ones. The Matt Hardy thing, his last match, and then also the Bella Twins re-debut. Those were two different things that were legit newsworthy at our house show. Right, which is so weird. I guess because it was right after a big pay-per-view, they started changing things up. It was. Yeah, Roman Reigns actually tweeted out house show number one, you know, as champ, basically. But, but really... It, it's the new storyline. So that was the house show loop. Now, we'll see those those same storylines, I think, will go on for the next few months. Yeah. But we were like the first ones to see them. I said, it like was... again. How many fucking times <laughs> am I going to say like? It was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was one, I had a great time. It was so, it was great to see in person some of the people I love watching. Every week. We got to see Elias sing. We got to see... Actually sing, too. Knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's Door, which I don't think he could do on TV, right? No, I wouldn't think so. No, because the the, the licensing of the song? It was a a weird experience because I liked it. I I don't get visibly excited about many things. (laughs) It's just not me. Yeah. I tried. I just just don't. I just can't. (laughs) It's very specific things I'll get ramped up about, and it's not... It wasn't that. I enjoyed myself. I think you you got a little more outwardly exuberant about it. I get excited about things. I, Did you ever go to that restaurant Elias was talking about, the garbage plate? Oh, the garbage plate. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the garbage plate. <laughs> he mentioned he's like he's he's clearly trying to pander to the audience, right? It was or good. Trying to antagonize the audience. And he goes, uh, I heard about this uh, restaurant in Rochester called the Garbage Plate. <laughs> you could tell right before he went out, he was like, what should I mention? Yeah, I hope he did it on purpose. I hope he called it the wrong name. It's almost better if he did, yeah. but I, it's almost better if he just messed it up. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. great, too. Yeah. So let's talk for a minute. So we talked about our, our random nerdery. We're having fun with it. We'll talk more about it another time. Let's talk about 
your title defense. It's, to, it's, it's, it's tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, as this podcast is released, it's tonight. Which, by the way, I'm planning on coming. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Can I, can I just show up again? Yeah, you can just show up. I'm going to be early in the uh, card. Okay. So come early, um, because I have to. I'm going to Ohio because I'm doing a festival this weekend. All right. So I'm leaving you know, right after my match. So basically. I'm just going to show up. Yeah. All yeah. right. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be there. What are you trying to say? You want me to buy your ticket? I'll buy your ticket. <laughs> All right, that's fine. I'll no, put you on the list. No, I'm, I'm showing up. I, I'm, right. I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm excited. So I saw I saw Jimmy Z in an event at my work. Are you worried that you have to buy tickets ahead of time? No. Don't worry. <laughs> no, don't worry. I, th- I think I'll be able to get yeah, a ticket. Yeah, these shows don't sell out. So I, I'm, I'm showing up. This. So the last time I was there, Paul Guglielmo gave mm-hmm. away sauce to the audience. That's right. He was the commissioner. Yeah. He was, you know, he's getting the crowd on his side. Yep. He was interacting through the whole event. Which what what wrestling group is this again? I forget. It's like this IWF? is the IWF, International IW- wow, Wrestling right. Federation, International Wrestling Federation out of Brockport, out of Brockport. Yep. The it was a fun show. Yeah, I thought the crowd had a good time. Yep. And partway through, mm-hmm. Paul Guglielmo wins well, the tag team championship. Yeah. So here's what happens: the Buffalo Boys have to uh, relinquish the tag team titles because one of them is no longer in wrestling. Mm. So you can't have one guy be a tag team uh, champion. So he decides to to give up the title, uh, but he still gets to fight on behalf of it. They have a triple threat match, which I've never seen before. A triple threat match for a tag team titles of course, yeah. with just three guys. <laughs> but basically, whoever wins now gets to pick a, 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 a partner. So Dewey Murray wins the match. I go out there because I'm commissioner. For and he's a night. big boy, by the he's way. He's a big boy. Big boy. I like standing next to guys like him. I feel good about myself. <laughs> My wife says I need to lose weight. I go stand next to Dewey, and I'm like, do I still need to lose weight? <laughs> Looking good. Looking good right now, right? <laughs> Perspective. <laughs> a- anyway, I go out there, and I, and I says, listen, I'm the commissioner for one night. I don't care about ruffling feathers, Chris. I go up there, and I go, Dewey, uh, you know, I want the answer. We, we This crowd wants the answer tonight. They need the answer. We need the answer tonight. We need to know who will your partner be. Who is your fellow tag team champion? And he starts looking at the crowd, and I'm kind of looking at the crowd, too. I'm like, right, guys? We want to... And all of a sudden, I feel a hand grab my hand, and he raises it high. And I look, and it's Dewey. And he puts one of the two titles in my chest. And he, and he says, you're my boy. Yeah. You're my boy. Are you available September 7th? <laughs> and, I, and honestly, I go, no, I have to go to Ohio. I have a festival that weekend. But <laughs> hey, man, for this opportunity, I'll do it. So tomorrow night, I will actually be stepping in the ring for a tag team title wow. defense. That's right. I'm excited. Here's my plan. What time? Uh, I th- believe first bell seven o'clock. Seven o'clock, and I know our match is either first or second. And so, that's at the. Uh, it's at the Elks Lodge in, on Sweden Walker Road in Brockport. All right, seven o'clock. I think it might cost fifteen bucks to get in. I think perfect, something like that. Um, and uh, so I uh, yeah, so it's Dewey and I. I don't actually know who we're facing. Oh, they, interesting. They, yeah, apparently they're going to do it on the spot. So you, you haven't game planned. We've game planned a little bit. So okay, here's what I know. I know Dewey is going to definitely start the match. And the plan is for him to do the whole match and win. <laughs> and me not it's a great to do plan. Anything. I would like maybe if he gets them to the point where they're almost unconscious, he could tag me in and I'll come in and do one or two things. Oh, that'd be good. Because here's the thing about wrestling, right? Some people probably might be hearing this and they're like, oh, but these guys know it's fake. Uh, I would say to that, I would say two things. First of all, I would say, uh, so, so are movies. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> and second of all, I would say, it's not as fake as you think it is. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's a real actual sport, but I am going to tell you that it's not quite as fake as you think it is. Yeah, I think that was I was I was talking to your wife mm-hmm. who she was very worried about you. Yeah. yeah. So she she was at she was at the the first show. She was very worried about you. 
I'm like, she's like, is he is he gonna get hit? I'm like, huh, geez, I hope so. I, 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 <laughs> I hope he takes a she bump. She actually cried in the parking lot <laughs> because she thought that I was I'm, gonna I'm get not left I'm not Ryan, if you're listening to this, I'm not laughing at you, <laughs> but there's nothing I would have liked more if than if Polly took a serious bump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would have made me really happy. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But I was I was telling her, and that's I think that's really true, is it's not as real as you think it is, and it's not as fake as you think it is. No. They're they're hitting hard. They're falling hard. There's there's a lot of real in there. Yeah, so basically the, the, the truth is, the answer is, you know, exactly how you said. It's not as real as, as you think it is. It's not as fake as you think it is. So, in other words, if those guys had hit me, this is how I explained it right. If they had hit me, uh, it's not fake in the sense that they're not touching me. Oh, yeah. It's, it's real in the sense that they're actually going to hit me a little. But they're not going to swing as hard as they can and hit me in the jaw. Yeah. They're going to 75% and hit me in the fat. Yeah. You know where I can take it a little? But it's not quite as big as you think it is. I mean, you take a Ric Flair chop. Yeah. Like, it's only a slap to your chest. Uh-huh. It's not going to hurt you. But it hurts. But it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're you not going to get injured, but you're going to be hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's the deal. For tomorrow night, I really hope that Dewey handles the whole thing. If I do have to come... I, I don't know what could happen. If I have to come into the match in a situation where we're on the bottom, you know, if Dewey's hurting and I have to come in and I have to face... I mean, He's crawling to the corner, so I'm picturing yeah. it now. And the, He's crawling to the corner. Yeah. He just leans enough in to tag you in, and you have to go, and you've got to... you got to sauce yourself up, man. Yeah. you got to sauce yourself up yeah. and take care of business in the ring. Yeah, my plan... Okay, so the one thing is... I am 300 pounds, and I'm bigger than a lot of the guys. Yeah. So I'm thinking, depending on who we're going to face, if I end up in the ring, my plan is to just like attach myself to them and try to just like go limp so that my <laughs> my weight takes them to the crowd. You're, you're going to be a bull mastiff. Yeah. You're going to sit on them yeah. and just see what happens. And just see what happens and try and get them down <laughs> to the mat. And, and that's the plan. Oh. No, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited about it. It's like sort of a dream come true. In, in all honesty, I probably won't really do much, but I'm there and I'm probably going to do something. I like it. So, yeah. So, I think what we're going to do is we're going to cut it off for today. Okay. This is a big cliffhanger. Yeah. And I, I will update the people on the status of Paul Guglielmo is the IWF Tag Team Champion. Yes. Another time on the Food About Town podcast. Here's what I know. I know that the winner of this match will wrestle and has to defend the title. It has to be defended one more time this year, and there's only one more show, and it's December. Perfect. So if we were to somehow win this tomorrow night, then I'm back in December. Again. Wow. So we could do a follow-up. If so I think, I think we'll need to. Yeah. I think we'll need to to get all the details of how your title defense goes at the IWF wrestling event in Brockport. What do I wear? I mean, you don't have matching tights? I don't you, don't have, ha- you don't have overalls? I didn't get my tights. They no, didn't. they're overalls. Should I get overalls? Well, because he's an overall guy, right? He's an overall guy. I think they. I think it would be nice. Can I, where do they, can I go to like Walmart and get overalls or something? Do they sell overalls? You know what? Farm, farm and country would be better. Where's that? I'm going. There, there's one in uh, one in West, on West Henry Road oh. down uh, down near uh, the car dealership. I should go get overalls. That's a great idea. I guarantee idea. they've got overalls. Yes. Overalls would be good for this. That's a great idea. Oh, I would... There is nothing. I, <laughs> I would love the bump. I really want you to wear overalls with yeah. no shirt tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I'll do it. I think I'll do it. Oh, God. Okay. All right. So one more plug for Guglielmo Sauce. Thank you. Thank you. Please, anywhere you can find it. Um, most specialty shops in Rochester. But, of course, the old trustworthy is just going to Wegmans and getting it there. And you can go to Frankly 
and search for Guglielmo, and you can find all the stores that Paul's Sauce is in. Yep. It's all updated on the website. You can find a map, look at all that stuff, and find it there as well. Please support us. We have a baby on the way. Please. <laughs> we're desperate. <laughs> you know, I did find when we were doing festivals that as I would tell people that we were working on our house, we were buying windows, or if we were going to get our basement waterproof, that it actually helped sales. Yeah. People like that. They kind of like knowing that their money is going to something practical. They're engaging with you as a person. It's going to like help a local person pay their bills, as opposed to a corporate guy pay for his third mansion. Which I think, that's why I think both of us really like supporting local businesses yeah. and entrepreneurs of all different kinds. So, yeah. buy Paul Sauce. Please. Listen to him on the radio. Wham 1180 on yep. the weekends, 951 during the week on the Brother Wee show, and also go support your local business. You know, buy sauce, but go support the rest of our local businesses as well. Yep, and vote for this podcast. For oh, the, look at that. For the city newspapers <laughs> best of Rochester uh, podcast category in 2018, yeah. So, Paul, thanks so, so much for coming over again, and we'll do this I think we should do it more often. I'll do this anytime. This man. was fun. I, th- I wish you had more episodes come out. Do more episodes, man. What are you doing? Two a week now, or one I'm a doing week? one a week mostly, and then yeah, I got stuff going on. What are you busy? What are you- <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right, Paul. A good day to you. Have a good day. <laughs>